This is Stephen Strang, and welcome to my podcast. Well, today is the holiday that we celebrate the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And my guest today is his niece, who is my longtime friend. And I thought that you would enjoy hearing my podcast with her, in which we talk about President Donald Trump. I'm talking today to Evangelist Alveda King, Executive Director of Civil Rights for the Unborn, founder of Alveda King Ministries, and niece of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and a personal friend of Steve Strang's and Joy Strang's. And I so appreciate you taking time to be on my podcast, which I wanted to play on Martin Luther King, Jr. Day, and to talk about what is going on in the black community, particularly regarding Donald Trump, because there are several outreaches, I guess I'll call them, or rallies of some kind, designed to reach the black community on behalf of Donald Trump. Can you tell me, first of all, let me thank you for being on my podcast, and can you tell me what's going on with these outreaches? Steve, I'm so glad to join you on the podcast. And it's very exciting that Blacks in the American communities are really listening to the promises made and promises kept by President Donald John Trump. And since that's happening, there are many events springing up all over the nation organized by African Americans who are listening to the president. Now, you know, Steve, that I'm part of a group called Black Voices for Trump. That's one of the coalitions. And I'm a spiritual advisor for that, also for Women for Trump and Evangelicals for Trump and the pro-lifers for Trump. They are coming together as well. Now, the African-Americans, and there are African-Americans in every group. However, people were thinking that African-Americans only go with a liberal platform. That's the way all African-Americans vote, and certainly that's not true. So I know, I believe that there's something in Virginia, North Carolina, Cleveland, Ohio, perhaps. We know that in Philadelphia, maybe all over the nation, really, African-Americans who are now considering the platform of President Trump are speaking out. And they, we, not they, will be speaking out on Martin Luther King holiday. And as everyone's listening to this, on the holiday that celebrates Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, you're going to be hearing interesting concerns about employment, about life, about criminal justice reform. And we're going to be discussing those things and having roundtables today and all throughout the year. Well, that's interesting, and as I said, I did want to run it on the holiday that celebrates his birth, and uh, you and I have done podcasts in the past, and we even did one commemorating the life of your late father, the brother of Dr. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King, A.D. King, and I think it's important to get the word out, and as you know, I included an entire chapter in my new book, God, Trump, in the 2020 election. In fact, I put it right up at the front. It was chapter three talking about the relationships with black Americans, first of all, with the Republican Party, because in the late 1800s, you know, virtually 100% of all African Americans, former slaves, their children and so forth were Republicans because of Abraham Lincoln and the Civil War and the Emancipation Proclamation and so forth. And then in our lifetime, of course, a lot of that has changed, where now the vast majority of black Americans vote Democrat just because. And I seem to see that changing. Of course, you would be closer to it than I am. But I have been asked on media. In fact, I was on Fox and Friends this week, and it was a very short interview, so I couldn't really elaborate. 
But I said that I believe that the percentage of evangelicals is going to actually go up for President Trump. And part of the reason is because Bible-believing, church-going black Americans tend to agree on these big issues, particularly on life and traditional family, with the Republicans. But yet they historically vote Democrat, and I see that shifting some. And so I guess my question to you is, do you see the same thing? What do you think is going to happen in this election? There is a shift in the various communities of America. It's coming from the religious communities, of course, as you just mentioned, and the economic communities and the ethnic communities. And we know that in the African-American community and the Latino community, more and more people are listening. You can see that shift. I have had so many people come up to me quietly and say, don't tell anybody, but I'm voting for Trump. You know, and the reason that many people in the black community don't want to publicly say that they are, the backlash is so fierce and people begin to be ostracized and blasted on social media and other outlets. So people are very quiet, but we know that there is a shift in all of these various communities. I'm very grateful and I give God the glory for that. I believe that the spirit of the living God who has called Christians and people of faith, because you have the Jewish community, you know, and Steve, you've heard me say, even in the Muslim community, because Abraham had several sons. He had his firstborn, of course, and then he had his secondborn, Isaac, the son of the promise, but then he married after Sarah died and had many other sons. So because of that, Ishmael and the other brothers, there has been some conflict with Isaac, but they all had the same father. So when I say people of faith, I'm not walking away from my Christian faith. I'm very firm in that. But I believe that as people are praying, then things are happening. And you and I have had this discussion many times, too, as Christians. If we really honestly exemplify Christ, other people are happy to accept Jesus. And that's what we do. And that's what I do as an evangelist. So I'm very sure that there are shifts in the ethnic communities. You notice I say ethnic, and we discuss this. We're one blood, one human race. So I don't say the different races coming together, but the different ethnic communities on the planet coming together with an understanding that we really need to vote for our principles and our values that align with the word and the will of God. Well, I agree with you, of course. And President Trump has actually said something very similar. You know, he says that when we bleed, we all bleed. uh, We all bleed the same. We're Americans. He's so clear on that. And and also Donald Trump has done something that I haven't seen other Republicans do, or at least not do very much, and that is he has been proactive. He's reached out to the African-American community. He's appointed people like Dr. Ben Carson to be over HUD, Housing and Urban Development, and to try to make some... billions of dollars for the historically black college and universities. That's another example. And getting people out of jail with a larger percentage being African-Americans, it goes on and on. Right. And hopefully people will start noticing that and paying attention to it and so that we can kind of see a shift in what's going on, because frankly, we can't take any votes for granted with Donald Trump. You know, it's like the other side is just throwing everything they can at him. And of course, that's why I wrote the book. But also, I wanted to do what I could to explain. And uh, you actually helped me because you connected me with Nina May, who gave me a lot of very, very good information Kind of the historical relationship between the Democratic Party and slavery and then oppressing 
the blacks with Jim Crow laws. And for some reason, the Democrats get a pass on that. You know, it's like one thing happens that a Republican does and, you know, they're criticized and maybe they should be. But when the party was founded by slave owners who wanted to keep slavery and then fought a bloody civil war and even the Democrats in the North wanted to make peace with the Confederacy. Can you imagine if the Confederacy, what do they call the Confederate States of America, was a separate country Mm -hmm. now, like Canada is a separate country? I mean, anarchy. It would be just terrible. Yeah. You know, yeah. we have to believe that slavery would have ended at some point because of, you know, how history was going. But it would have been. It would have dried up finally, but it would have been a hard battle. So, yeah. Yes. And also, the United States would not be the great country that it is because we would be two countries. Mm-hmm. But it was the Democrats. And then when the country passed the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, which gave rights to the newly freed slaves. It was the Democrats who voted against it. Of course, it passed anyway. And then it was the Democrats Mm -hmm. in the South that passed these Jim Crow laws, you know, that's what we call them, to basically take those rights away. And and that wasn't really reversed until the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And that's kind of when things shifted over the Democratic Party, because, of course, Lyndon Baines Johnson championed that, even though he was known to be a racist. And the Republican Party did not buy into it initially, although an awful lot of Republican senators had to vote for it in order for it to pass. And Actually, there was a Republican sponsor that was part of it as well. So that's right. The Republicans, many were on board. So, yeah. But see, you know, our book, Black and Brown Americans in Search of the American Dream, and Nina has an essay in there, Mark Crutcher, and then several African-Americans that are well-known throughout the various communities in this nation, Reverend Bill Owens, for example, just several. And what was said there, Mark Crutcher and Nina May kept insisting. They said, hey, reparations, but do you want to pay your own reparations, African-Americans? Because if you take it out of the tax dollars, you're going to be paying reparations to yourself if you pay taxes. However, they had a long list of those who benefited from slavery and from abortion in America and made and make their fortunes on segregationist practices. And they said those are the ones that should be paying back, doing some tariffs for different types of things so that they could pay the reparations. And so Nina was very clear, and she says it needs to be the Democrats to pay the reparations. Tell them to come up with it and tell them to give up some of their wealth, their personal wealth to deal with it. And I happen to agree with Nina and several who had that perspective. And much of that information is in black and brown Americans in search of the American dream. And it's out there wherever books are sold, I think. Well, that sounds very interesting. And as we wrap up this podcast, would you just say as succinctly as you can why it is that African-American Democrats who typically just vote for whoever has the D by their name, why they should look differently at Donald Trump with this election in 2020? It is time for African-Americans, all Americans, to take a look at promises made by Donald John Trump and promises kept. And that number is mounting every day. As a matter of fact, as we're speaking within this current season here in the month of January, Steve, we know that President Trump has now made further moves for religious freedom, bringing prayer back into schools. And when we begin to pray to Almighty God, 
we see the tide turn and things begin to shift for good. And so it's not just a drawing down a color line because skin color really does not define us. So African-Americans, all Americans should look at the policies and practices of President Donald John Trump. Very well said, and we'll leave it there. And I want to thank you so much for fitting into a very, very busy schedule, a discussion with me. Like I think I told you, I wanted to do something for the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, and this seemed like a very appropriate thing to do. And let me just tell you on a personal basis how much I've enjoyed getting to know you and members of your family and serving with you in different ways and getting to know your mother You're just a delightful person, and I don't very often get to publicly thank you, so I thought I would take that opportunity. Well, thank you so much, and happy birthday in the month of January as well. I'm born on January 22nd, and we share that together. Say hello to Joy for me, and thank you, everyone at your organization, people who are so blessed to give us truth and to bring new information to some who've not heard it, Steve. Thank you so much. And thank you. And yes, we do. We don't share the same birthday, but only a few days apart. You are nine days older than I am, so I guess I need to respect you as my elder, don't I? (laughs) Yes, you do, my brother. Thank you so much. God bless you. (laughs) Bye-bye. God bless. Well, as you can tell, Dr. King and I are friends. And I just so enjoy her company and appreciate her taking time. And in another setting, and another podcast, I'm actually going to do a deep dive on some of these issues that we just touched on regarding African-Americans and the Democratic Party and also Donald Trump. It's a very important chapter of my book, God, Trump, and the 2020 Election, which just released last week. And I have been doing lots and lots of media, as you probably know. And I hope that you'll get the book, God, Trump, and the 2020 Election. It's available at Walmart and Sam's, Costco, Barnes & Noble, and lots of Christian bookstores. It's doing very well online at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and also ChristianBooks.com. And I think that you'll find it a good read. I think that I explain a lot of things about what's going on in the culture. And it's really as much about God as it is about the election. It's just that the election is before us, and that was what I kind of focused on. But, you know, since I finished the book around Labor Day, give or take, you know, there are a lot of things about the election we didn't know. We didn't know what was going to happen on the Democratic side. I didn't know about the impeachment that happened, although I did add an epilogue at the last minute. But that's because the issues are bigger than just the day-to-day news about what's happening with the election. It's like, what is God's plan and purpose for America, and how does all this fit in? I, people have given me feedback that made me feel good because it was my goal to try to help people kind of sift through all this stuff you hear in the media that you don't know what to believe or not believe, or how does it fit together? And of course, really, nobody deals with it from a spiritual perspective. When I was on Fox and Friends, which I played on my podcast on Friday, if you didn't hear it, you got to listen to it. You know, they kind of asked me why I wrote the book, and I said it's because there's a spiritual aspect. There's a spiritual dimension of what's going on, and that's really what puts my book apart from everyone else. But also there's a lot of little interesting stories and behind-the-scenes things and commentary and opinions from different people that you know and respect. And I just think that it's a good read, and I hope that, first of all, you'll buy it and you'll read it and you'll recommend it to your friends. So... 
With that, I'll close up my podcast and thank you for helping me get the word out. The podcasts are doing very well, as as I have said in the past, and I'm very grateful. And it's because you tune in on a regular basis and because you encourage other people to do it too. And I'm deeply appreciative. God bless you.